Squares Fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Friends, I want to welcome you once again to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. I guess you recognize this old gravelly voice of Steve Fielder, your host. I got an exciting podcast for you today. I finally caught up with one of the guys that uh, I just, uh, you know, uh, the old country uh, TV shows and all, they used to end them all and say, you know, may the good Lord take a liking to you. And I just, when I met this guy, I just automatically took a liking to him. And uh, he and I became good friends. We didn't get to see each other very much, just usually at the tennis center there in Aurora, which we just had an episode uh, last week about that. But I'm just really glad today to have uh, my good friend, longtime friend, uh, Ricky Hawkins from the great state of Arkansas. Ricky, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good, Steve. I hope you're doing as good as I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they say, I'm probably doing better than I deserve, my friend. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm but it, it's great to be able to catch up with you. I want to just real briefly before you and I get to uh, jaw jacking here. I know this thing could go all directions, uh, but I yeah. do want to thank the people who have a double U hunting supply, dusupply.com. Uh, they provide everything that a coon hunter, bear hunter, uh, squirrel hunter, anybody that hunts with dogs, they got what you need out there, especially in the electronic field, your garments or doctors or, or whatever. They've got it, and they service what they sell. They do a great job with their customer service, and they're happy always to answer your questions. That's dusupply.com. Now, that pays the bills, Ricky, so we can forget about that. No more commercials. (laughs) And we'll get into uh, the main reason uh, that I contacted you was just to catch up with you, man. What have you been into? Uh, I had a hip replaced uh, 10 weeks ago tomorrow, so I've been laid up for a while. But uh, I'm getting back out. I'm out here in the shop now. I've got some summer sausage. In the smoker, made out of a wild hog. We got, uh, my buddy just sent me a picture. He's got three good fat sows in the, in the, in the trap for in the morning. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, come, up. you're from Arkansas, right? Is that where you're born and raised? I was born in, uh, Bastrop, Louisiana. Oh, just okay. across the line. I got you. Well, somehow it just seems to fit that you'd be smoking wild hog sausage. Yeah. That well, just, we're all fun. We're overrun with them, so we got to yeah. do something with them. I started uh, making bacon out of the, the bigger ones a couple of years ago. I tell you, it's everybody's tried it likes it better than store bought bacon. So, uh, well, you were know. telling me I think the last time we talked something about that, and uh, yeah, and that, I promise this year I'm going to get y'all some up there to your camp hunt. If I don't get to make it up there, I'll I'll send it up by Patrick Fowler. He's he's very close to. Uh, Miller, we'll, yeah. I'll have y'all some breakfast material this year. When it comes when it comes to eating, and it <laughs> comes to pork, <laughs> and it comes to smoked pork, yeah. I, yeah. I'm your huckleberry right there, man. I'm, it's, I it's love salt. that stuff. Smoke, that's all I use. Hickory, yeah. But yeah, uh, do you remember the first time I met you? 
Well, you know, Ricky, in pre- preparation for this uh, podcast t- today, uh, I got to thinking about that, and I can't remember the exact time. Was it at the tennis center? No, it was, uh, <laughs> I think, 87 or 88, uh, UKC World Hunt was in Indiana, there where Beller lives. That's oh, in Marion, Indiana. Probably Marion. Or maybe maybe uh, it was the one that we had at Logansport there, not far Logansport. from. Logansport, that's where it was Yep, at. okay. Did you say so, 87? Uh, 87 or 88. Uh, okay, 87 was, was the year we didn't have a winner that year. Okay. They okay. got the final four, didn't Tria Coon. Uh, but, yeah, so so yeah. we met at the World Hunt then. Well, I uh, – <laughs> of course, I went up there. I think I, that was my first UKC World Hunt. I went up there with Tam. Okay. He was hunting Trump. And I was hunting the old Alabama Star female that belonged to him and Keith Conway. All right. I'd, ha- I'd had her down here and finished her grand, and I got her qualified. So we went. And, uh, of course, you know, go up there to enter, and the lines were long, you know, uh, especially the A, Bs, and Cs. But over there on the, in the Ys was short. Yeah. And I got in behind Tam, and Tam, he entered Trump. I stepped up. She looked, she looked, not in here. Well, you know, senor, he started getting kind of fuzzed up. <laughs> See, he started kind of making a scene. I was like, you know, uh, uh, he said, well, she, what, what name is on it? He said, Tam Young. You came over there. And uh, what's the problem, Tam? Tam oh, he was throwing a fit. And, <laughs> Said, well, who does the dog belong to? He said, me and Keith Conway. So you went over there and looked, and I was in the seas. And Tam got mad. He said, this boy hunted this dog, got it qualified. I paid the entry fee. I wanted him in my <laughs> And we ain't going to go over there and stand in that long line of seas. We'll just leave. Give me my money. Yeah, well, he's going to drive back home. I mean, yeah. <laughs> He done got he done got our rate and I said, I was talking, about, Senor, it's it's all right, I'll go wait. Nope, we ain't doing that. No, uh uh-uh. <laughs> So he, he went over there and got it and smoothed it over and I was thinking, Well, we won't be here long. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a rip roaring start. <laughs> oh man. That's good hunting up there. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, one cast with hundred and fifty. We didn't we didn't we didn't do much good, but uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it hunting and that's the first time i'd ever okay well you know there was a few of those kind of situations down through the years you know and i i don't really remember that one specifically but you know i always tried not to let the the system or the rule well if it was a night hunt rule and and so forth like that yeah you gotta go with that but just a a policy or something like that if it made sense to just go over there and get that card and let you enter your dog and go out the door that you know that's probably the the way that i chose to handle it i would i would yeah you had to do something sam had the whole line stopped up i mean everybody (laughs) 
I wanted to crawl in the floor, you know. But anyway. Well, we're, we're talking about things like that, and I'll just tell you a brief one here. I get criticized on this podcast by some people that say I talk too much. And I said, well, darn it, that's the only reason I do this podcast, so I get to talk to my friends, and I have right. stories too, you know, that I want to share yeah, too well, with, with them. Yeah, but sure. but sure. it was in uh, 1984 at Princeton, Indiana, uh, the year that a dog called Hillbilly Mac, Raby right. Smith's Hillbilly Mac dog won the world hunt. And uh, I, I just had Duke Prue on the podcast uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about that, and that was the first time I met him. He was just a kid there hunting his dog. Right. Uh, but anyway, everybody remembers Emmett Brohard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Emmett wrote for Full Cry Magazine for a, a lot of years and and yeah. uh, and all, and uh, uh Later on, he had quite a feud going with UKC, and people would ask me, why does Emmett hate UKC so bad? I said, well, it all goes back to the World Hunt in 1984 because Emmett stood through one of those long lines and got up there and didn't have his paperwork on his dog. And, Mm. and, you know, Fred Miller was a stickler for that paperwork. Right, right. No ticky, no laundry, you know. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, Emmett was pleading his case, you know, man, I had this dog in the final four last year or or a couple years before and yada, yada, yada. And of course, Fred, you know, he he dug in, you know, so. Yeah. But that's kind of how that little feud (laughs) started. And then, of course, of course, Emmett would write and full cry and he would try to fire off a shot at UKC every chance he could get, you know. And he called yeah. the autumn oaks the autumn hoax. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I tell you what, it's uh, that stuff's all water under the bridge, but it, it's kind of humorous, really, to think about. Well, but Yeah, you know, uh, Steve, it's, people shy away from the truth a lot. You know, it, was, it is what it is. Well, yeah, you know, I had to be kind of political all those years I worked at registries, you know. I I believed in being loyal to my employer, and I knew, you know, I always tried to present that employer in in the best light that I could, you know. But it's kind of fun now to be able to look back and and see some of those things that happened and well, oh, yeah. Well, okay, that that's a, a good segue to get into your relationship with Tam Young, but I want to hold that just for a minute and okay. go back and let's just uh Ricky, I know when I uh, I really enjoyed the fact that we got to to talk quite a bit uh you know around the PKC World Hunt there in Aurora right. and yeah. uh, and then down through the years, but tell us a little bit about you said you were born in Louisiana. Yeah, uh, and then get, bring us up through your introduction to hunting and, and and you know about your family and all that. Yeah, well, uh, I was born in Bastrop, Louisiana. It's only thirty miles from where I live now. <clears throat> we moved up here when I was in the seventh grade. We had a lot of kin folks here, a lot of family, and uh, my dad was a big deer hunter, avid deer, and we ran, well, there's still a few people run dogs around here after deer, and some people think it's not ethical, but it was a 
it's traditional around here. I, we, I was raised up running, running dogs. That's what my dad did. He, he never coon hunted a day in his life or a night. Uh, but he, he ran deer with uh, black and tans. Oh, yeah. He had some of the old Maple Hill long ear black and tans. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was raised up with. You know, and mm-hmm. raised up with the black dogs, and then, and we, uh, we'd ride a horse and follow the dogs, and it was a big deal. You know, we only had two weeks of deer season, and everybody moved into the deer camp. And my dad, he lived from year to year deer season, and he deer hunt. He loved it, and he loved dogs. He loved. He was, he was a hound man, but he just never was a tree dog man. Gotcha. He could train a dog to, to run deer and to load in the truck and to be quiet in the kennel. And uh, he had the knack for it, you know. And I guess that's where I got what little I do have. And, uh, Cam Young enhanced that later in life. But my dad was a, he's a quiet man and uh, had a pulpwood contract, worked hard all his life, and lived to be 92. Oh, that's great. You got good genes, then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he uh, he passed on a lot of good traits to me and uh, my kids. I see it in my grandkids. But, uh, well, Ricky, I tell people all the time how old I am. I mean, no use to try to hide it. I'm 75. How old are you now? 67. All right. You got, I got you about eight. Eight good ones in. <laughs> I'll be 68 in October if I live to see it. And, uh, I, I've see. Got <laughs> I was talking to Alan Stone this morning. And, uh, of course, we've, we've become pretty close friends. Alan's in old? Oklahoma, isn't he? Yes, sir. Central yep. Oklahoma. Right. Uh, I go out there, hunt with him all I can, and I turkey hunt out there. And we, uh, we enjoy coon hunting together because we got the same philosophy about dogs. Exactly, I guess to the T. But anyway, mm. he said today his knee was hurting. He said, "Well, you know, I'll be fifty-nine in a couple of weeks." I said, "Well, you know, try me a river, brother. I, I'm, I'll be sixty-eight for long." You know. <laughs> oh boy, I'd love to see fifty-nine again. <laughs> yeah. Too, but you know, he's yeah. He still gets out and runs. He's running forty-five forty-five miles of a week. My goodness. I said, you know, Alan, I, I'm kind of concerned about your mental well-being sometimes. <laughs> <But> I heard <laughs> a comedian say one time, you know, the Lord didn't mean for him to fall over dead on somebody's front lawn. That's why he didn't get out there and run every day like he sees these yeah. people running, you know. Yeah, but, I, I tell people around here, you see me running, start grabbing iron because something chasing me. <laughs> That's right. Well, does Alan still have? Didn't he have a big like training pen area there? And stuff? yeah, uh, there's a cat. The cabin I, where I stay when I go out there. The the old pen's still still there. A lot of the fences down in a lot of places, and there's still 300 kennels out there. Wow, 300. I think he had 270 something dogs when he died. Now that's Harlan Stone Cipher. Right, right, right. And he right. was very active in uh, working with Ed Abel on that Hound Trust there right. in Oklahoma right. to keep 
uh, hunting dogs. A lot right. of good work done by those guys over the yeah, years. That, that cabin's still up in good shape because the old pen's kind of, like I said, the fence is down a lot around it. But uh, mm-hmm. before, a few years before he died, he went running pen. Wow. And with a two-story pavilion, he called it a pavilion, but it's a kitchen and living quarters and all, you know, two yeah. upstairs, go up and watch the dogs running all that. And Adam went up there and built an 80-acre lake on it. Oh, my goodness. It's pretty impressive. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. <laughs> well, that's a name that's been synonymous with coon hunting. And, then, of course, Harlan was a, a, a wolf hunter, I guess. or, or Right, yeah. yeah. Coyote hunter. Yeah. Uh, out west, you guys call them wolf hunters. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's a he's a encyclopedia of dog knowledge. Uh, he's he's a good mm-hmm. a dog man. Been around in my life. He, he, we well, feed off each other, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, th- there's a guy that at his roots, he's a black and tan man that I have very high respect for. He lives in Tallahassee, Florida, and he's getting up in age now. And that's Johnny Brinkley. I don't know if you ever right. met John. Oh, I, I met him one time at a hunt somewhere, but uh, I remember the name. I remember his dogs. You know, he's a consummate Southern gentleman. Yeah, uh, everybody that ever met Johnny, I guess, liked him. Right, uh, as Johnny would say, real good. Right, uh, and. We used to sit around his table there and talk. I used to go and hunt with him for two or three days before the UKC Winter Classic over in Albany, Georgia, and we'd go there, and right. and we'd sit around and talk around the table, and Johnny would always say, you know, guys, the reason I like you to come down here and hunt with me, and he had about a 600-acre pen there with an, an eight- or ten-foot fence around it. It was it yeah. was uh, dog-proof. Right. Uh, and he'd said, because, you know, we're just, all just dog men. We love dogs. We like to we like to go hunting. We're not out there trying to strike and tree our dogs while we're pleasure hunting. We're not trying yeah. to blow up this dog or that dog or whatever. And he said, that's what I like. He said, I just like to come and talk. And, man, I mean, the experience is there. I, I got to get Johnny on this podcast because right. – uh, I uh, just had a conversation with Lee Currens, who is uh, Johnny's a longtime friend, and we're going to try to get together and do about a four-way deal. But, but you know, when when you find somebody like that, that's what I'm trying to get to here, uh, Ricky, is, man, you know, you, like you say, you just kind of feed off each other, and, yeah. and boy, it's good. It's good. I like I like to be around dog people, you know, dog, dog men. Uh, uh, like Tam, Tam taught me. More in one night than I could have learned in 20 years by myself. You know, he, he's just, he's all about training. Every time he ever, every time we ever went hunting, he was always training. Always. Every yeah. minute, you know, ever, from the time you load them until the time you fed them, it was, it was all about taking care of them and getting the best out of them. And, you know, uh, ever bark. You know, yeah, you wasn't a lot of conversation. We listened to the dogs. You know, we wasn't we wasn't looking at garments and looking at cell phones. We were sitting there listening to the dogs. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, 
if I have a goal with this podcast is to, if we can't change today's hunter, at least we can let them know uh, that we had a pretty good way of doing things back in that day. Now, I'm not for taking away all the electronics and all that because Lord knows it makes it easier for us to take a dog home when we go and and all that. Yeah. But at the same time, I like to share that uh, that style of hunting because, you know, I'm kind of like a purist myself. You know, I'd have these guys sure. come from out of state to hunt with me in Michigan, a lot of them, you know, and I didn't want to be antisocial, but they'd be just yakety, yak, 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 and then a dog struck out there. And I just yeah. kind of sidled off to myself out there a little ways, find me yeah. a tree to lean up against and listen to the dogs, you know. And I'd yeah. have to apologize sometimes, you know, to, and say, I don't mean to be rude, fellas, but I want to hear this race or this. Yeah. You know, I, I've never hid the fact that I'm anti-garment in the hunts. Uh, I was the last holdout uh, in Reggie's deal that, you know, the, before it died, the meeting up there, I was the only one. I was the last one. I, I didn't agree with it. I never will agree with it. Uh, it's like a video game now to me. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's. Uh, well, I haven't I'm touched. Sure I, yeah, go ahead, Ricky. I'm sure I'll catch flack for that, but I don't care anymore. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe, Steve, uh, you could. Send me a dog now, and I wouldn't have to even hear it bark. I just take a garment and handle him in the hunt. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know where that. Well, we're really kind of kidding ourselves if we think that the garment doesn't influence and, and can't be used as a tool to help yeah. somebody win a night hunt. I'll just say that. You know, well, I, I'm not a. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to stump and campaign that they take them away. But we're kidding ourselves if we say that we're not using them to our advantage and well, to, sure. the, you know, sure. for sure. Yeah, what kind of, you know, remember, you remember when uh, they came out with a little trackers that go on your side? Of course, Terry Walker bought me one as soon as they came out. But uh, if they caught you with that thing out, you got suspended. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many times, I, my dog was, you know, he'd walk into a dog's tree, and I wanted to know where mine was at. Lord, I wanted to reach and grab that thing, but, you know, uh, you couldn't do it. But now you just watch them all the time, and uh, I just, I just, you don't have to prepare like you used to. Well, we've talked, yeah, and we've talked about how it's affected the handling, too, and the style of dog that we're hunting nowadays. Sure is a lot different because when the dogs were all fairly close together, Handler had to really be on top of his game, had to be sure. listening to his dogs and the uh, his uh-huh. dog and the other three dogs and, and really just playing that mental thing always. You know, it had to be right on top of it. Now the dogs are treated to four points of the compass and get, man doesn't have to get in any hurry about, you know, no. treeing his dog in there. no. I- that's that's the reason that I don't go to them anymore, Steve. I, you know these dogs. You know you, you look at some of these play by plays, and ninety percent of them dogs are cut, dogs are struck under the minute. Six is running, 
you know, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it is I never it is. could figure out how a dog could get struck just outside your light and then get treed a mile in there. Yeah. Literally, they bark all the way over. Just bark everywhere. Well, yeah, you got that too. Yeah, but, you know, people want to get all fuzzy about their dog and get jealous of them. But, you know, I won't hunt that style of dog. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't have I, to, Ricky. You know, every man, I think, has his preference. And uh, he can find uh, uh, an avenue out there to hunt. Uh, for the yeah. style of dog that he likes, I, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, and uh, and that's that's good, you know. But all right, well, it's not a coon hunter. Was not right. a, was not a houndsman. When was the first time you went coon hunting? Uh let's see. I was out looking for some of our lost deer dogs one night, <clears throat> and uh, the old man Sterling Atkins. He's Dead now. He was the president of our coon. I think the founder of the coon club here. I stopped to listen. There was a dog creed back in there behind our deer camp, and uh, I just it. <laughs> I don't know, Steve. It just went all the way to my boots. I, I said, man, I, I, I like that. And I got <laughs> I got to find out what that's all about. And I uh, lucky enough that I worked at the paper mill at the time. And there was two old coon hunters out there, hunted black and tan. They hunted the Riley the Foon stock of black and tan. You remember Riley? Oh, yeah, very well. Yeah. and uh, He was a field rep when I was at UKC. Right, right. Yeah. Fine, fine gentleman, him and his yes, wife. Yes, sir. But these guys, they were just pure pleasure hunters now. But they had the magazine. I got to look into the magazine. I would hunt with them a time or two. Boy, I was flipping through there, and I saw that. And Tennessee Fiddler, I said, man, I, I, I just got to look at that hound right there. And uh, we talked around, and uh, Tommy Lee was one of them. Kills Mac Gilton was the other. Tommy Lee had a female. He said, well, I hit him up about taking her up to town and bring her to Fiddler. I'd pay for everything, give him a pair of pups. And we made the deal. Mm-hmm. I had been through some cull dogs around here. Uh, Donnie Miller had some of the Screaming Eagle dogs. He gave me an old cull. and uh, He treated a coon one morning after daylight. I climbed the tree and jumped it out. He watched it run off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, W.E. Middleton gave me an old Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, he gave me one of those old... uh, He started out with... with, uh, Oh, what's those old? It was the old-fashioned black dogs. Well, they uh, had the uh, Cosner. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, Dad had the old Maple Hill. Herma Vista um, ban- uh, up at Bannock, Ohio. Uh, was that the run? There were about three major. There was one around Greencastle, Indiana there. That was Maple Hill, I believe. Yeah, these, uh, these were from Wisconsin. Oh, 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 a feast. That's, uh, that's what he had. And, uh, Keister, he I believe, were the uh, Wisconsin people that I knew that had black and tans. But, uh, yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah. That's him. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he gave me one of those old dogs. And I was sitting down there in the bottom in the, one night, and the old dog was trailing around. 
become a coon in the moonlight and climbed a tree there in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then that old dog came in there and made one ball up that tree. Oh, went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I quit again, you know. <laughs> I went to uh, Tams in August 12th. 1984. I remember the date to breed that female. And uh, he said, Tam was just getting him. He was coming home from a boat that day or whatever. Anyway, I went over to Keith's, Connyways, and he had an old trailer out there. And he had my wife with me, which was a mistake. But anyway, he said, <laughs> We'll go hunt. And when we go, left her there in that old trailer by herself. Anyway, Tam Clay was just a kid there, and, and me and Tam and Clay and Keith Conway and uh, Eddie Fender and Joe Enderman was there. Eddie Fender from Texas. Yeah, they had that little uh, sugar. No, it wasn't a sugar cookie. What did they call her? Mm, something cookie, what? wasn't it? Huh? Uh, no, sugar baby, Tennessee sugar baby. Oh, okay. She was out of out of Huckleberry Sugar. Sugar cookies out of her. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we <laughs> turned them loose, and uh, Keith had a male dog that he called Eighteen Wheeler, and Tam and Clay was hunting two little fiddler females. Boy, they took a coon in there almost out of here, and when they came back through that field, them two little fiddler females wasn't doing nothing but torching that coon. I mean, oh, the male dog was about two hundred yards behind. But Sugar Baby fell treed in the middle of the cornfield. And me and Clay and Eddie went to her treed up a corn stalk. <laughs> Sitting there treeing every breath up a corn stalk. <laughs> you know, Clay being Clay, he went to ride to Eddie. And the females took the coon down there and treated it right. And that just made it worse. We looked at the coon. It was, it was eventful <laughs> for an opening <laughs> night. Uh, but that's how I got to be friends with Tam, and it turned into a lifelong friendship. And uh, him and Martha have been awful good to me. One of the nicest guys I've ever met in this sport, and uh, always yeah. have a, a good time. Most everybody calls me Steve because that's what I went by. You know, right. my name is Stephen, and. Typical of my family that lives in Tennessee, there Dixon, just west of Nashville. Every one yep. of my dad's family called me Stephen, and and right. Tam always called me Stephen. You know, yep. and, but I always enjoy any time that I got to spend with him. And and uh, when we uh, started going to the St. Jude hunt when I was with AKC, Tam would always be around. And uh, right. We uh we had some great great times and then I did get to go a year or two there to that black and tan reunion over there at Mariana, yeah. Ar- Arkansas, yeah. and uh, Tam was there, you know, and all. But yeah, just a great. Well, I wondered how you guys got started, and I knew you were that's, real real close. Yeah, that's that was the beginning of it, and uh, I just kept hanging around until they finally took me in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I can remember Steve going up there in August and it'd be hot as it is right now and we'd make we might go to five spots before we could find a place to hunt it'd be somebody there hunting mm. I mean there was hunters up there I mean you know yeah. 
but you know, and then, then later when they bloomed on out, you talking about Kitty and Mike Ferguson, Tommy Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, with Tommy oh, McQueen, um, Tom McQueen, Tommy Eric, and I know where with with Gabby, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was hardcore. I mean, hunted every night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ham, Ham be on the boat twenty one days. He's off twenty one days. He usually didn't hunt the first night he was home, but the nineteen nights in between, it was every night. Yeah, and his boy took uh, followed in his footsteps. Is Clay yeah. still on the boats? Yeah, yeah, he's he's been a captain for several years now. He, yeah, and and a good one, I, I hear. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah, uh, just just great people, great people. And yeah, like, I love that part of the country. I mm. lot of up there, you know, Buford Pusser and all of that. Yeah, yeah, from right there to Adamsville, isn't it? Where, where yeah, from? yeah, yeah. That story. She went to school with Buford. Maybe uh, some of our listeners don't know that story about you know walking tall was the yeah uh, the movie yeah. they made about him. But he was the right. sheriff that carried a big stick, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Martha got one of those sticks he gave her as sign. You know, walking tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ham can tell you some walking some Buford Pusser stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, it's, you know, that's another part of our sport here, this coon hunting thing, you know, the stories that we tell and, and yeah. all, all that. All right, well, let's, before we leave the black and tans and Tam and all that, uh, which of the of Tam's dogs do you uh, remember specifically hunting with or that you, that well, you liked hunting with? And the funny thing, uh, Steve, the day that I went to Tams, he hunted Fiddler the night before for some guy. I forget his, I forget his, his name was Pat something, but he talked Tam into turning old Fiddler loose the night before I got there, and that's the last time he ever turned him loose. So I came along at the tail end of his Fiddler's hunting, but I hunted a lot of his pups, you know, sons and uh the temptation dog out of him was my favorite. Uh, uh-huh. Sir? No, go ahead. So the uh, temptation dog was out of Fiddler. He was out of Fiddler and the little singer bitch that uh, Tam had was the best reproducer he ever had on the place. But anyway, uh, it was Jar. I didn't like, I didn't really like old Jar to start with, but I, I, I learned to admire him. When we'd have those camp hunts over on the island, there'd be 20 of us over there. We split up in four groups and hunt. Everybody come back in to eat. Well, anybody want to go back hunting? Well, me and, be me and Tam and one or two more go back two o'clock in the morning and we'd turn old jar loose. Other dogs would be fiddling around there Wetting down bushes or whatever, an old jar would be in there about a quarter. Oh, I'll, oh, I'll go. He didn't open on the ground much, but I learned to admire him because that's on the tree, them late night coons. I mean, just like he was a grapes. late round dog, was he? Yes, he was. He didn't, he didn't, as Tam would say, he didn't throw, you know, he had a, he chewed, and that's what caught him in the world hunt. 
in what, 92? Hmm. That's what cost him the world hunt. He was in there treed at the end of the hunt and Clay treed him and the two got him and the hunt ran out just before he could come back on the tree and Clay walked there and he had a coon. That's when mm -hmm. uh, Luckett's old Duke won it the second time. I got you. Yeah. That was uh, Duke and uh, Rick Stretch with Henry. Yeah. And Gary uh, Magnum Mike, I believe that dog's name was. Uh, the uh well, was that's one that Ed Yates had. Ed Yates mm -hmm. and uh, Jerry Booker, wasn't he? Okay. Yep. Yeah, because that dog was in the final four of the night that Hillbilly Mac won the UKC hunt up in the 84 in Princeton, Indiana. Well, maybe it wasn't Magnum Mike. It was something else because this was 92. Surely it wasn't the same dog. But anyway, I forget the dog's name. But I remember Henry and Jar and Old Duke. I can't. I, well, I, it I could must, possibly have been. I mean, you know, just depends on. Yeah, I don't know. How, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I, don't I know. know. I know. Jerry Booker hunting a dog for Ed Yates. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Clay, Clay should have won it with a dog, but you know, he he, he had a fault. He gnawed bad. Yeah, that's but, a uh, frustrating fault in a dog, and I've had a couple over the years. One that was particularly frustrating, uh, and I never did really break him of it. Uh, Tried to, but I, I didn't have any success doing it. Yeah. But, well, they uh, put, Sam put hog rings in his lips and all that. But, you know, uh, yeah. It, uh, they it one, you know, there was a ton of big, of good dogs come through that hill when I was up there with Sam. I mean, I, you know, it just went on and on. That old Josie female that we bought from Barry Kitty, she wasn't that one. He got her. She never did anything for me but tree coon, but when she when she struck, he was just a treed coon. I never saw I never saw her quit a track, <laughs> I never saw her tree wrong. And that's uh, people yeah. I see some of these kids nowadays say, Ah, that guy's dreaming he says he got a dog that's hundred percent. That that just never missed, Steve. She she ran a coon to catch him. And when she gave you that dead ball, it was you looked at a coon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know what happened, and you know, there's a lot of lot of talk back and forth about what happened with all these slick treeing dogs. But when I was a kid and a young man, and coming up, and of course we hunted what we bred, but we never worried about going to a slick tree. No, uh, you know, it might be a den tree. We might not be able to see the coon. Right. Uh, and occasionally, you know, you, you tree early in the year in October in West Virginia, those tall oaks up on top of those ridges. Right. It'd be kind of hard to find a coon if he wouldn't right. look, you know. Right. But you just didn't worry about that. You figured that coon was there. If you didn't get him, it's just because you didn't find him. He right. was there, you know. I mean, we just didn't think about it, you know. But I know about three or four years ago, I was up at Tams and me and him Clay was sitting out there in Tams little coon hunting shack around that table and talking dogs. And I looked at Clay. I said, Clay, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, how many slick trees did you make in the wintertime? In a whole winter hunting. And you hunted every night, just about. Boy, he had a funny look come on his face. He said, maybe three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. 
and that's the kind of dog I like to hunt. I, I can't stand sleep free. I, I, my personal opinion, Steve, is it's lack of heart. I think they just quit. I think they give oh, up. I agree with you. I agree I with th- you. And I think, I think that that's why the sport has kind of evolved to where it is now with these ambush dogs. This is just my, this is the old man speaking here, just my feelings, okay? Mm-hmm. The old song, the song, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe these ambush dogs can't trail a coon. The only thing, the coon that they can tree is one that they can see climb or dog that's- near see it climb. I yeah. still, I still have a weakness for an old dog that can take a an old grubbing track and drift it and put a coon on the end of it. Oh yeah, and, uh, and that's some, the worst thing you you want to happen to you in a, in today's night hunt. You know, you really don't want a dog out there grubbing the track, uh, right? Because the others are going to hunt far and wide and find these. These hot ones, yeah. they're going to get in a different part of the world and get in a nest of them over there and beat you to death, you know, while yours yeah. is getting this one tree. But um, it's just a matter of preference, uh, Ricky, in the way we were raised and what we liked, you know, as we came up through the ranks in the sport, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I had him. I picked him up at Walker Days one day uh, they said, just take him home. He's been in the pen four years, and, you know, we're not doing anything with him. And I just brought him up here and turned him loose. Right. And let him loose. And uh, he worked himself into shape. There's a creek bottom behind my house here. I tell you what, I've been, I enjoyed listening to that old dog drift the coon track back through that bottom back there and tree it as much as I ever enjoyed anything in my life. He was for real. And I, I was just, that's just a part of me and ain't going to go away. I love to hear one drift a track in there, you know, mm-hmm. warm it up. And when they hit that tree, it's just, it's just different than popping one up to me, you know? Yeah. And that's part of it. I think it goes back again, maybe to the electronics uh, conversation we had earlier. Uh, you know, it's just, it, the object is to turn the dog loose, tree the dog, and, and get in there to the tree and yeah. get it, aim him on the recut and, and you know, tree another one. Uh, that trailing aspect or the, the pleasure of listening to a good trailing dog that can drift a track and move and put some distance between these barks, telegraph yeah. back to you the condition of that track. Is it hot? Is yeah. it cold? Is it right. M- right. medium? All those things were part of the art of coon hunting when we right. you know, when we grew up, and I just I don't know if there's very many young people that are getting that, you know. No, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't go to the hunts anymore, Steve. I, we tried to get our club back up going two three years ago. Went there and cleaned it up. Had it better shape than it's ever been, but you can't survive you know two or three dogs and have ukc hunt nobody show up you know yeah uh, yeah but scott reynolds and a couple more they he told me they're they cleaned it up they're gonna have a few hunts this fall and so i guess they're gonna yeah try to do something again but it's it's tough you know the smaller hunts are dead the the 30 dog 25 dollar hunts 
They're dead. Well, I just saw an announcement today. I believe that there's no more thirty dollar hunts. They're going to be thirty five. PKC yeah, has raised the entry fee five dollars to try to boost the state escrow, right, and so forth. But you know, I I see, and I applaud people for trying things to try to make it work. You know, yeah, but. Uh, I think it goes a lot more, a lot deeper than that. I think we got to go back to the roots, and you know, kids are not growing up in the country. Kids are not growing up in the homes of a coon hunter or a houndsman, or if not a coon hunter, at least a hunter. Uh, They don't have the access. Um, You know, I have uh, Ella's grandchildren here. Tyler, uh, fine young man, doing great in school and all that, but he has no. I mean, he he has no clue what it's like to be out in the right. woods and enjoy uh, the woods the way that we do, and and that's not an indictment against him. I, I mean, he's a he's a a great kid, respectful right. and 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 all that. Love him dearly. But he's he's just he grew up at a different time, and I think that there's just so many of those like that out there now that I don't I don't know how we ever get it. I don't think we ever will get it back to the point where it was. But uh, no, yeah, Uh, yeah, it won't. I'm I'm fortunate. My because I'm half raised my kids at the coon club, so they Mm -hmm. just kind of. Trey, he, he's playing music or he teaches school and he stays busy. He doesn't go with much, but my daughter, they got squirrel dogs. Oh, yeah. And we, That's I squirrel cool. hunt a good bit in the winter yeah. and they, they go with me coon hunt a few times and their, their daughter will go with me a, a night or two every winter. She's in college. And they got so many other things going on, but they, it's still in their blood. It's still yeah. there. And yeah. We enjoy the time we do go. I most time hunt by myself. Which I've always right. done it. You know, I I guess that Tam Young always training will never go away. I'm always trying to make one better, you know. Yeah. I well, got a, go a nice dog. I've had a long time, Steve. I've got one dog, but he, he's easy handling. He, he's straight as air. He trees cones. Yeah. I enjoy hunting. Now, is he a black dog or a walker dog? Walker dog. I yeah. bought him from Adam Cypher. Mm hmm. Uh, well, I'd both, like to have one. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I'd love to have one again, but uh, I probably shouldn't get off into that. In my opinion of what happened, but uh, I just put it. I'd love to have a good black dog. <laughs> oh well, don't. I'm I'm sure you would, and I'm I'm the same way with the. Uh, you know, I've got I've reached the age, uh, Ricky, that I had to realize and. I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying here. I'm not an invalid. I can still go coon hunting. I go to the White right. River and we hunt seven or eight nights in a row and I'll go every night right. that anybody else goes and I'll go if my dog's treat, I'm gonna go to go to him, you know. But I'm not gonna be out here running the hunts and trying to keep up with these young bucks and and all and dry and walking three quarters to this one here and then turn around and walk a mile to that one. And all that, yeah. I just can't do that physically. Uh, but I do have some young uh, partners on a couple of dogs that are helping me still stay involved, you know. And uh, 
and and I and I love it. I always love the sport of coon hunting, and hope that yeah. I'll never have to uh, to give it up. But I know someday I will. But yeah. you know, here's the thing. Um, I wanted to ask you: Did you how much competition hunting did you do with the black dogs with you, the, you and Tam and and Clay oh, yeah. and, and all? Ah. I, several years I hunted uh, black dogs. Uh, of course, uh, back to you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you were when uh, I came aboard. That's what. Yeah. You know, you were judging steady. I still, I still remember that call from Roy Trammell, and I think it was eighty six. It was at Mayfield. Town had recommended me. You know, back then you had to be recommended by somebody. You had to have an interview from Roy Trammell. Before you could judge, mm-hmm. and I remember Roy calling me and questioning me about this and that. And okay, so I started judging then, and uh, I'd get a dog ready. Uh, that uh, old female I just mentioned, and uh, I had her ready. Tam got her in, bought a couple of rounds. Didn't didn't go too deep in the hunt. And temptation, he got him in one year. I could hunt him all year long. Uh, I was always getting a dog ready, but when I went up there, I judged full time. I enjoyed judging. Uh, I did. And Roy Trammell, like I told you, he was a Newt Rockney of uh, coon hunting because he could motivate you. If you didn't want to, you was tired and wet and didn't want to go, he had that He had that way of, well. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I sure do need you, you know. <laughs> but I uh, I hunted several I night champions. I don't know, several dogs, most of them fiddler daughters or sons, uh, always kept around here working on them for Tam. Tam would, he'd buy one and say, well, Rick, sit it down there and you straighten it out and we can sell it. We'll split the money. Okay. I done, we did that a lot. I remember Tam when I first started with him, you know, back then, Steve, the biggest thing was getting them to stop and tree. I mean, I've heard Tam say a tree dog would sell itself. You know, nowadays, treeing's the easiest part. Back then, there's, they were, they were junk, them wheeler dogs were junky, you know, wild. But if you ever, but uh, getting them to stop and tree was the hardest part. But when they did tree, they had something. Uh, I've seen a lot of good dogs go over that hill up there. Jar, it goes on to Fiddler, Temptation, Misty. You know, Misty died young. Right. Four years old, kidney failure. Won the world hunt and didn't live to see the next world hunt. Yeah, uh, that's a shame. Yeah, really a yeah. shame. That was a nice female. I, he brought her down here hunting one winter I, after she won the world hunt. That was that was a nice little female. Well, I remember uh, here, it's something off the subject a little bit, but still about Tam. You always called him, and Larry Meeks always called him, and I've heard other people call him Pard. Where yeah. did that come from? I don't know. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I call him Pard or Senior. Senior, yeah, I heard you say uh, that. Jack Duncan's the one hung Senior on him, you know. Is that right? Did you ever remember Jack? Did you ever meet Jack? He never he came around the hunts a little bit and never hunted. Him. I didn't know him. No, uh-uh. that was that was Martha's cousin. He he oh, lived 
when you come off of 64, I believe it is there, cut through town, you had to go by Jack's house. And uh, Tam would always tell Jack if I was coming, he'd be out watching. And I'd come by, he'd read right behind me. He was a nice, nice fellow he ever met. Uh, a good dog trainer. He just didn't care about going to the hunts. And he's the one that named the wife out line of dogs. It's been, a lot of people might not know that. Yeah, I think uh, when I did an, an article for American Cooner Magazine with Barry, about the wipeout dogs and all, and I believe it was he the one that told him that the old candy wiped them out tonight or something like that. Yeah, well, he'd say he'd, he'd be up times every morning, you know, sitting out there in that cabin drinking coffee and whatever. And I might ask, "Hey, what did Kitty do last night?" Jack said, "Wasn't nothing but a wipeout," <laughs> <laughs> and it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Ricky, um, you made a, a move there um, after I knew you and and or first met you, I should say, and all. You got involved in uh, handling some pretty nice dogs, and uh, were yeah. running pretty hard there and making a lot of noise, getting your name called a lot, and all. Uh, Let's let's talk about that. You handled well, a go for Terry Walker and Mark Cross. Yeah, the, maybe I I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, the way, the way that all came about, uh, Steve. I was uh, I was divorced, living down here in a in a trailer in town. Had that storm dog, and. Uh, I had a, a dog called Big Head that I'd bought from mm. uh, Stephen Gamble. Yeah. He was out of jar and shots black heart, Kenny shot in Iowa. And uh, Eddie Muse had tried him and he called don't don't buy him. He said, I'll turn him loose in a week getting him back. But I went and bought him and me and him just hit it off. Anyway, that winter, that storm dog was notorious slick tree and I mean bad. <laughs> but I hunted him I hunted hard that winter with that big head I mean really hard and he came out of it a coon dog I mean he so we went to the Lone Star and I got in every night with him he just dog just dominated the cast I mean I, I was hunting the pups but anyway I left there leading the nation of course so we had to hit it then you know yeah but uh, I went to the Mississippi State hunt, draw Jarvis. Dog won the cast. It was frozen, I mean, like 10 degrees. Dog won the cast on an armadillo hole, just a circle tree. That's, that's all we made anyway. Mm. <laughs> down to the, uh, I went to Sunshine Jamboree yeah. and got in all three nights. Did and you say all out, three nights? No, that was with Susie. I'm sorry. Let me back up. I, we decided uh, it Sunshine Jamboree was on the last weekend of the month. And they had a three-night added purse hunt at Ufala, Oklahoma. Right. Okay. And I, t I told Tam, I said, let's play the odds and go to Ufala. There'll be less entries. And all we need is a little money. You know, just stay ahead. So that's what we did. But we got stuck up here on Wednesday night. 
and had a truck, two or three trucks and a tractor stuck up there. And we spent Thursday night up there trying to get those out. But got up Friday morning, took off to Eufaula. Wind got up, lost my dog, didn't win. But the last, the last night of the month, I won $89. And I finished first in the pups. And I beat Daniel Williams from Mantachi uh, or somewhere over in Mississippi. I beat him by $1 for the fourth handler spot. <laughs> That's when I won the handler hook. I beat him by $1. Mm-mm. I won the the uh, big head dog. I got him into World Hunt, and Tam took him home. Had some females wanted to breed to him. He died of a twisted gut. Four years old. Mm. Uh, the storm dog had a sinus infection coming down to January. We didn't have, you know, we trying to find something to hunt. I mean, Tam was kind of a a dog's gotten older or whatever. And uh Carr hit me up to hunt Elmo. David Carr, me, million dollar yeah. Elmo. Told me told me the deal, you know, he'd make. He said, I said, if you win it, give me four thousand dollars, y'all keep the rest. Okay. I called Tam and he said, Well, he said, We want to shoot the biggest gun we can fire. I said, Well, that's the best offer I've had, senor. <laughs> so David went. He had to keep him anyway. He he went to the UKC Winter Classic and won it. I met him in Columbia, Mississippi, in a Walmart parking lot on Sunday evening. Got the dog. I hunted him three nights that week. We had snow, ice. Never had that. But we had seven inches of ice on the ground all week. Hunted him that three nights and then went up there and won the handle. So then Terry came to me. Terry Walker. Terry Walker. Yes. We, I'm just informing our listeners who we're talking about here. Rick. Yeah. Yeah, Terry, go ahead. I call him cross tie anyway. <laughs> you know, Cross tie Walker out of that old song Green River. I don't know why that why that hit me, but I always <laughs> where'd you get that from? I said, Well, you remember those song? I call him Cross Tie. Or, or various other names, according to what kind of mood he's in. You know. <laughs> okay. But he hit me up to handle dogs for him and uh, sent old pickles down here and anybody that ever knew pickles, she she had to get used to you. Yeah, you I told, called Terry and told him, I said, I'm wasting your money and my time. He said, stick with her. And she turned around and I, I, I won a little bit with her. And then, well, I'm going to stop you right there and just uh, again, I'm always filling in. I guess I get that right. from my dad. He was always teaching me something. <laughs> Pickback yep. Pickles won the national championship of PKC, right. and, and then Terry Walker bought her. Well, no, actually, he owned her when she won the state cha- or the national championship. I believe he got he got second one year, and then they bought her, and then Ronnie Smith won won it with her the next year. Right, right. Uh, beat Rocky Wilkes. Mm-hmm. There's a good one. Yeah, that's a good hunter. I like Rocky. Yes, sir. He's had both knees replaced. I think mm-hmm. back at the 
Yeah. Yeah, if I go to the hunts up in Georgia from here in Florida, I'll run into Rocky up there, you know. And uh, Yeah, so yeah. we uh we went to uh Chad Freeman, which is spring classic. Way mm-hmm. up in Bucyrus, Ohio. Yeah, they said we bought you a new dog. Uh Mike, what's that? Mark. Can't think of his last name, Mike. Anyway, he shows up with his dog, he pulls around. I said, My God, that's it. That little ugly thing, speckled, curl tail. This is coon tree and this thing you'll never hunt. So, but she's leaving trees on me. She's been eat up by a big blue tick dog. So if you get her out of that, she'll win. So she just combines coon. <laughs> so I brought her home, and that was the Susie female. Yeah. And it took a while, to, but she never did get over that, that fear, Steve. That, that cost me – it cost me walker days – PKC Walker Days one year. It cost me a late round cast at the Nash Dogs, uh, a state final. If a dog came in there to her, if they got in her face, she'd leave. I mean, it mm-hmm. it cost me a ton of money. But as far as treeing coons, she could treat more coons per acre than any dog ever been on my place. I mean, she just she just magician. Now, was she the dog out of um, Maniac? Maniac, Maniac Jr. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The old man's, every once in a while, I can pull one out of that Rolodex back there. (laughs) You know, I didn't know until after all of that, Maniac Jr. came from right over here in Hermitage, Arkansas, like 25 miles from me. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yeah. Scott Reynolds owned him when he had him when he was little. He said he was worthless, but he made something later on. Yeah, you know? he did. He sure did. Now, Tam, we was looking for another dog, and Tam called me. Uh, uh, I went with a nice pup last night. said, uh, he could be bought. I said, who's got him? And it was uh, Johnny Franks and Chris Franks from down in Mantachi, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So he's got two better mates down there out of Moose. And uh, I believe that female there's name was Lady. Anyway, he said he's a nice, nice pup. And he caught a bad break on the late round and got third. But anyway, he can be bought and he's worth the money. So I called Terry and I said, they got two litter mates. He said, well, Ronnie, Ronnie needs one of needs one anyway. I bought him sight unseen. I drove up to Tams, and uh, Chris brought him up there and unloaded them. And they were two totally different dogs. A little mate, Cabo, was mm-hmm. a little small-footed. said he looked like his mama. He was cat-footed and small. Yeah. The other one I named Dragline, too. Where did you get that name? I swear, look at him. <laughs> he was a, he was a more of a moose looking dog, big, tall, yeah. lot of hair under his belly, you know. Yeah. Best track dog I've ever been in the woods with, but bar none. But and I talked to Johnny about that, Johnny Franks. Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, he ought to be a good track dog." He said, "We put enough electricity through him to light up the tupelo for two hours." <laughs> he said, that dog has run two coyotes down by himself and killed them. 
But he was he was trashy boy. But I mean, so I said, well, I let Ronnie have his name was Cash, and we changed it to Cabo. But anyway, Ronnie took him, and I said, I'll keep the trashy one. He was junky boy, and he could get out of get out of range of that garment. I mean that. Tritronics in a hurry. He ran a coon the same way he ran everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. But he got a bad track and drifted better than any dog I've ever been with. He just strike it cold and have it fired up. I mean, in there three quarter of a mile and have it treed. And it's faster than anything I've ever been with. I'm talking about from an old cold feed track, you know. Oh, yeah. But, but anyway, uh, that's the I one was, you called Dragline? Yeah. I was he was gonna be a project. He wasn't in there yet, but so then I found out Ronnie didn't like Cabo and he had sent him to Ohio with Rick Stretch. So I called Stretch. He said, Well, he treated sixteen singles last night. Huh. Super Texas, the spring Super Texas is coming up. I called Terry. I said, Terry, I need that dog at my house as soon as we can get him. So he said, I'll meet you at the Island Creek Casino like that Friday. And I got him. I think he had $50 won. And we had two hunts at our club that week. That's the only chance I had to win his money. $10 $10 hunt on Tuesday night, ended no good. And I did a little bit of adjusting. And that Friday night, I drew Richie McDonald with a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of the best, best females that ever drew a breast. I, not, I didn't say blue tick. I said best females. And yeah, that was, I hear you. She was for real. Mm-hmm. And the black dog at Eddie Muse. And, uh, uh, anyway. They had bought, they'd been winning a lot with him. Three dog cast. I said, boy, I tell you what, my chances are slim, but we turned loose and got in there. They was all, they were split three in three places. Black dog had a nest. I had a coon and Bit had a big pin oak and we couldn't find a coon in there. I promise you was there, but I got lucky and we got him qualified. Got his money won. Mike Ferguson hunted him. And I hunted drag, and I didn't do no good. And he, Mike made it to the final cast and should have won the hunt, but that's another story. Now, that's the Cabo Wabo dog, right? Right. But then I took, you know, took him, took over, and we, we won a lot. I mean, I got oh, yeah. third, third in the world hunt, uh, won the Russ Meyer hunt with him. Uh, a lot of added purse money with him. You took him to a three-night added purse hunt. You're going they weren't gonna shut you out. You're gonna get there one night at least. A moose and uh, Johnny Franks is female. Yeah, and I think she was out of old maniac, or her daddy was out of old maniac. Yeah, for the listeners who don't know who Moose was, that was the wipeout Zach dog that Mike yeah. Ferguson and Tommy McQueen owned together. Right. And uh, yeah, I won the I won the Arkansas State Hunt at uh, Gill, and I sold 
drag line to uh, J.R. Roach. And uh, you have to forgive me. I, I, my memory is. Hey, man, you, you don't. You don't have to apologize to me. I, everyone, uh, every time I I'm done, it comes to me, you know. So, yeah, Dick Whit- you're among friends here, brother. Yeah, Dick Whitmore. <laughs> yeah, Dick Whitmore and J.R. Roach bought that dog, and they they Dick sit in has on since it. passed on, Ricky. Right. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Dick told me before he passed away, he said, "I tell you what, you sold me." Probably the best dog that I've ever followed. He, mm-hmm. he made a real ham. When that song on tree, he had a coon, buddy. I was no doubt about it. You could take your saw or a bomb or whatever you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we had a good run. I mean, Terry Walker, he was good to me, and he, and he always has been. He's, he's, he's top notch. You know, they don't come no better. Well, let me interject right here. I've written for Terry for several years now. When I went to the AKC, when I left uh, PKC, my last hurrah, so to speak, I approached Terry and I said, Terry, you know, I'm going here to try to build a coonhound program. It's going to be a tough road to hoe. And we don't have a publication. The AKC had their Gazette, which was a dog show uh, magazine. And I said, I need some place to, you know, post my winners and talk about this new program and all that. And he said, well, you got a place. And I remember that was we talked about the tennis center. There was just outside the back door at the tennis center. Uh, Terry and I talked yeah. and kind of made the deal with with that, but I could never ask for a better friend or no. a better guy. Uh, no, and all the coon hunters that I've met, and I know Terry wasn't a coon hunter when he came into the sport, but he figured, you know, that he needed to learn about the sport and get involved. Right. And, and he did, you know, and he got some dogs, and and I think you guys yeah. about broke him, <laughs> running up and down the highway. You know, but yeah, that's what he says, but he's lying. I know that's true. Uh, but he, uh, he's been here to my house and he, he'd go coon hunting with me. But you know, he, we came from two different worlds, you oh, know, yeah. raised a different, but, and, but he, uh, he never pushed me. It was always what I thought was best. If, if I thought I should stay home this weekend, like, that's fine. Yeah. You do whatever. You know the dogs. You do what's best for you, you know, and the dog. Well, that's he, vintage Terry Walker, you know, and and I experienced never, that just a little bit. Just this last Grand American, I always go up there and work the booth with Terry, and and I, I run my mouth, and he writes up the uh, subscriptions as I right. walk up. And just a great time. I always do have a great time with him. And this year, I I was coming down with a darn COVID and didn't know it and yeah. felt really bad. And there wasn't any help to him. Really, he ended up having to come home Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, Terry's just salt of the earth. I, uh, if anybody doesn't like Terry Walker, well, I don't understand him. <laughs> well, uh, he's, he's been awful good to me, huh? I need to see him. It's been a while. I need to visit with him. 
He yeah. he works the fox hunt down in Louisiana. Maybe he'll come by. And yeah, that fox hound, that foxhound registry uh, hunter's horn is just going great guns for him and yeah. keeping him yeah. really busy. That's a that's a really booming thing now and uh, and all. But uh, Terry, you know, he he gets around. He and my buddy Randy Smith from up in Pennsylvania. Think just got back from another fishing trip up there, and you've been on some of those fishing trips with Terry, I think. Uh, I went uh, twice, and uh, didn't want to go. Never been on an airplane in my life. I was just a nervous wreck. But it was a lifetime trip. The first one was cold and raining most of the time we were there. But the second, the next year we went back. It was a trip of a lifetime, Steve. I mean, heck, just trophy uh fishing with terry walker is <laughs> but uh they just don't make words for it i mean <laughs> but he's he's been a he's been a good one. Oh, absolutely great for our sport you know he's really and, and uh, you know uh that's a good thing, I guess, about these podcasts. You can just, like the old boy said, I jumped on my horse and rode off in all directions. Right. You can, right. Go, you can go anywhere you want to with these things, but since we're yeah. talking about Terry, it does so much good for the sport. He's one oh, of the major okay. sponsors, probably the major sponsor of the Grand American down there every year in January. Yeah. And, yeah. and just, yeah. I never, you know, like the Shriners hunt in uh, Monroe. Yeah. It was a big deal one time. Terry came down here for that. And he pumped a bunch of money into it. And, uh, just give and give and give. I believe that guy can get in that little Honda Accord, I guess, is what he used to drive. <laughs> at your house and drive to Canada and back. If you get a couple, a couple of sacks of candy and a Coke or something to drink. That's I know private. he could roll those miles That's for sure. Private is private, so, I know man. it. I know it. Yeah. I'll tell you somebody else I'd, uh, I'd like to see is Larry Meeks. I miss that guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I did a podcast with Larry not too did? long ago. Yeah, and you, I'll have to send you the link to it, and you'll have to listen to it. Uh, I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I well, that's how I ultimately, you know, got to be friends with you was because Larry hired right. me to work at PKC right. and right. and all that. And you know, Ricky, there are so many people that have impacted our lives. You just think about sure. it, and I know you do. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in ways that you you just just can't imagine. You know, and uh, I I was talking to uh, Duke Prue the other day. He's talking about his wife and daughter getting broke down on the highway near St. Louis hauling a a horse trailer. I saw that. Yeah, and he posts on uh, Facebook, is there anybody that can help him? And and, uh, Billy and Amy Kovac Thomas, uh, they went and picked him up, and I don't know all the details, but... You know, it just, man, I tell you, I have been so blessed. I used to stand up in front of crowds when I would get an opportunity and say, right. and I'm going to use this microphone right now and say the same thing. I owe my whole, practically my whole working life, the education of my son, college educated, uh, provided for my family all these years, to coon hunters. Right. 
coon hunters have been the source of my income since, well, really since 1983. And, uh, you know, and I retired in 2011, but I can't say enough, you know, about right. uh, about the sport and how good it's been to me. I, you know? I've made friends all over this country and yeah, very few enemies. <laughs> well, I, I have not heard anybody say anything bad about you, and uh, right. you're the kind of guy I used to – somebody one time told me, said, if you want to judge a guy, just ask yourself, would you like to get in a pickup truck with him and ride 500 miles? to a hunt somewhere with that guy. And if you say, yeah, then, you know, he's a pretty good guy. You better stick with him. But, uh, and that's the way, uh, we've never done that, but it'd be fun. I'd like to do yeah, that with you. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, there were some female, some other dogs that you handled besides Cabo, weren't there? Well, that Susie female and Cabo was the two the that two, I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, you <laughs> won a ton with that Susie female. Yeah. And and like I told you, Steve, and not you know everybody's got an excuse, and I'm not going to put it. But if she could have stayed treed with a a dog, didn't have to be rough. If they just got in her face, she'd leave. Yeah, everybody knew that. If she would have stayed, uh, it was unlimited what she would have won. Yeah. I I had Walker days one, and sitting there treed by myself, fives up, trying to get there, and a dog been running the fox. 45 minutes quit and came in there to her well merry christmas you know <laughs> uh, i keep over, refer- over, yeah lucky, but mm. uh you couldn't take it out of her it just it just wasn't gonna happen well they all have quirks and holes right. if you want to call it that I, uh, there again that interview with duke prue talking about that nowhere's female and he said the hole in her was she couldn't handle uh thunder and lightning Right. And so, you know, they all have their their Achilles heel, I guess. But uh, yeah. How about Thunder and Lightning? That that old Wheeling Bend dog that Tam had when I first met him, he was out of of Tennessee Wheeler. And I didn't, we didn't have tracking collars back then. That's anybody, if you talk to anybody about that, that dog was wild, man, trashy. Yeah. But the widest hunter I ever been around. I, but I hunted him for a month down here and lost fifteen pounds. But he just—you'd find him treed somewhere. I mean, he just—he was unreal. Tam said he—he he said he swam the Tennessee River one night just to look at the other side and turn around and swim back. <laughs> you know, he, he was too wild. Well, okay, so you're in southeastern Arkansas, right? Yeah. Now, how far would you be from the White River Refuge where you live? Uh, I think it's roughly two hours, two and a half. Yeah. Just pretty much. He's, he's not far from the White River Refuge. Last fall, we picked up, uh, took him a hog. I processed for him and picked up some mm-hmm. corn. You know, he runs a co-op up there. Okay. He's not yeah. far from uh, I wanted to make it up there. And I'm on, it's a busy time of year for me when y'all are up there. I got oh, a deer yeah. Pro- yeah. Yeah, I got a deer processing business. And, oh, yeah. Uh, You're right in the thick of it then. Yeah. yeah. Hard to get away, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things a little different this year. I, I'm i going to Oklahoma out to Anderson and go deer hunting for a few days. and I want to try to make it up there, but I, if I don't, I'm going to send you all some stuff up there by Patrick. I'll see him between now and then. 
and he'll get it over to you. Oh, well, that's great. And I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about your smoking enterprise and stuff. But just getting back to that, that White River thing, you know, I got into that back in 2010. In 2009, mm-hmm. Nubbin Moore had asked me to go with him out there, and it flooded that year. The water was up, and we didn't yeah. close the refuge. But, uh, you know, there's other places I could go in the fall of the year, but, man, I have such a good time out there. Yeah, you know yeah. It, it's it's the fellowship, and uh, right. of course I love that big woods. You know, it's a, any hunter would have to love that that big open bottoms and timber. You know, and what a yeah. beautiful place it is, and and the good hunting's uh, it's good. It's not phenomenal, but it's good. You know. Yeah, we got two refuges here close to me: Overflow and uh, Spelsenthal, but. Uh, I went with my daughter and them over there Saturday. They put out some lines uh, Friday night. I went over with them Saturday morning. Running up, was running down the river. Man, there's a lot of timber over there dying. That thing has stayed flooded back in the winter, and mm, it, yeah, all those oak trees dying. You know, yeah, that's rough too. And and what I don't understand, and I don't, I'm not smart enough to understand what they're doing. I hear, uh, you know, what they say. But they're cutting a lot of timber in that uh, White River uh, Refuge. Really? Yeah, huh. they really are. And, of course, they say, you know, they're opening up the overburden and producing more browse and all that for game. No, they're, yeah. they're trucking them big oaks out of there by the trailer load, you know. Mm. And mm. It, it's sad to see that happen, you know. Because yeah. that's virgin timber in a lot of those places in there, you know. it's That's like this... Uh... Woodstock Island, I was telling you about where we used to have the camp hunts. That was, you could see a dog tree for a quarter mile down through there. It was mm-hmm. wide. Yeah. But uh, that ice storm we had, I forget what year it was, it broke that place mm. off those trees because they went in there and started logging it to try to save all the timber, you know, all the logs they could. But yeah. It, it's on, it, it ain't up with a big thicket now. I mean, it's yeah. all. All coon hunting gone. I mean, it's just, yeah. I hadn't been up there in several years and don't want to go really. I don't want to see it. I remember the, the way it used to be, you know. Well, I, I haven't been back to it. We talked so much about the tennis center, Aurora. I haven't been back there since that storm came through there and tore everything up either. And uh, I don't know just how much that impacted it, but they had, you know, tornadoes and all, all kinds of. <laughs> Or maybe it was ice storms. I don't remember exactly what, but uh, yeah. a lot of that timber's all all broken up there too. I, I was up there to Reggie's world hunt. Uh, I don't know, 2012, mm-hmm. 13. I don't know, 14. I don't know, but it was there's more coons up there now than there ever been. Mm-hmm. We have yeah, some good cast. Yeah. Three and four and five coons. I mean, it was good hunting. Well, the thing I enjoyed about PKC is I did get to hunt my dogs. You know, when I was at UKC, I couldn't hunt. I couldn't right. hunt in the hunts. So the only hunt right. I got to hunt all year long was uh, Thursday night on plot days at plot days because it was the all breed hunt and it wasn't, uh, you know, right. licensed. And then right. they came along and made an RQE out of it. That kind of put an end to that. But actually, that happened after I left UKC. But I liked the idea that I could hunt my dogs in PKC and 
you know, I'd mm-hmm. get out and get a free entry on. I had a, a plot dog and a walker female at that time. And, right. you know, and I, and, and so I enjoyed it. I'd go for it, hunt my free entry, maybe hunt one morning night, maybe a couple nights. And, and so I, yeah. you know, I really enjoyed it. So I hunted most of those clubs around, uh, right. Aurora, you know, we were you talking know, I, the other day, uh, that Rusty Jones said he didn't, you know, really like to hunt land between the lakes and people would talk about, it, but, I would rather hunt there than I would Camden, Tennessee, which I drew two nights oh. in, in the Super Snake yeah. with my female. And, you know, mm. I, I think Bill, Billy and Avery Bell caught the last coon that went through that county. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I drew that pair of the Super Snakes, and I got in that night with a little female, but it was just circle tree there. Mm-hmm. I made it. That's it. But I was going to tell you the, uh, the first night that uh, I judged in Aurora, yeah. I was on, I was full time. You know, back then you hired full time judges, gave you a place to stay, and right. Uh, I get up there and Mr. Roy says, uh, "Got you a good guy here, Jackie Russell, it's Jimmy's Jimmy's brother." Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just trying to think of that name the other day. I could remember Jimmy, but I couldn't remember his brother's name. Well, it was Jimmy and Jerry, and Jackie Jackie G- wasn't out like they were. Jerry was. was the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, Jerry trained dogs. Mm-hmm. Was this was Jackie. Okay. So we gather up. It was warm that night, and uh, we go out there by the lake. And I hated hunting by the lake because that up and down. Yeah. He's wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> I got so tired of looking at them cowboy boots going up them hills with that stream of Marlboro smoke coming out from the top. <laughs> I left too hot on the side of that hill up there. I made it through that cast. I went back in. I told Mr. Roy, I said, Mr. Roy, I know I've, I've signed up for all week. I said, but if that's all you got for a guide, I'm done. I can't follow that guy. <laughs> I said, he's wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> he said, all right, let me see here. He looked around. Here's your guy. He he got some good hunting over toward Mayfield, Flatland. You'll enjoy it. He's Crouch. Okay. Okay. He put me with Heath Crouch, and we judged and guided. He guided and I judged, for, I don't know, six or seven years in a row. <laughs> all right. He, he was my guy. Huh? He was my guy. We we yeah. doubled up. Every, we doubled. We hunted two rounds every night, and he was my guy. It was, we were a team. I mean, and yeah. I, I trained. Yeah. I trained. I brought an extra stopwatch. Trained him how to run a two on dog if we were split, and it was fun, man. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. Fun. Enjoyable. He oh man, hunt. it was so much fun hunting out there. Just the whole. The whole yeah. atmosphere of the thing, you know, uh, we talked a lot about the tennis center and how neat that was with all the hunters inside, but just all the dynamic of that world hunt and yeah. the super stakes and the youth hunt, all that going on for 10 nights in a row yeah. and, and just, you know, rolling back into that tennis center and, and yeah. no matter where you hunted, I tell you, I thought the other night we were, somebody mentioned Ronnie Bone and. 
course, he was over around Clinton uh, Club yeah. over there. And right. I, the closest I ever came to freezing to death one night was riding back in the, in the back of a truck, coming <laughs> out of the woods, coming back to Clinton. I, yeah. Of course, you know, October, there it, 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 sometimes it can get pretty chilly. And, uh, man, I about froze to death that night. I thought we'd never get to that club. Steve, the year, awesome Andy won it. Uh, Mr. Roy let me leave early. I was supposed to judge early on Saturday night. Or, and, uh, it was storm coming in. It was snowing the next morning. I drove I home did. and ran away. And it was snowing, I think, when she won it. Mm. But, you know, a lot of years you go up there, the leaves are always brown, and a lot of years it'd be off. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. It's different. Now, but that, that was a special place, special time. Special yeah. people, I mean, people like Grant Black. And, you know, oh, there you go. He's my yeah. guy in that Mr. tennis center. I mean, of course, I love Danny and all those guys in there. Yeah. But, but you know, Grant was the guy. I just kind of he. It's kind of like you and me, brother. I I just kind of yeah. click with him and yeah. love, and I still communicate a little bit with him, you know, on social media and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. good people. Oh good. yeah, yeah. The best, oh. you know, all yeah. those long nights in that tennis center while you boys were out there having fun. Yeah. We had to be sitting around in there, you know, and man, that, it was it was nonstop in there. But the stories, well, and the, especially if Mike Harper was around. Oh, brother! Man. You mentioned that earlier. I think I saw yeah. your post on Facebook and. And you mentioned Larry Meeks. You know, Larry was at my house in Michigan hunting in the fall. Uh, he he drove up. Uh, he and Roy yeah. came the first time. And uh, I believe, now I could have that backwards. No, it was, he and Roy came up the first time. And I got to take Mr. Roy in my, my spots and stuff. Yeah. And we treat some coons. And he brought a dog and... Larry brought a dog, and we just had a great time. They only hunted a couple nights with me. But yeah. but then the next time Larry came up, it was just him and the two of us uh, hunting together. And on Saturday afternoon, I, we had, uh, I think it was, pretty sure it was Saturday, we had hunted the night before, and Larry got a call that Mike Harper had died, that yeah. he had had a heart attack or whatever, and, it was a sad day. It was a, it was a, a very very tough day, and uh, <laughs> as Mike, yeah. uh, Larry, and I sat and talked about Mike because, yeah. you know, it hadn't been probably just the fall before uh, we were at a hunt somewhere up there around Mike's because we went to Mike's house and he, uh, uh, he. Uh, grilled pork chops for us and boy I yeah. mean that man could knew how to do a pork chop right but you know, always uh, such a great guy you be at the tennis center but joy dog food didn't bring 10 sacks and stack them they'd bring two tons yeah and they'd have yeah. a, a whole area there covered and we'd be we wear the sacks out all week long sitting right there yeah you couldn't walk by there without Harper hollering and saying something <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. after two hours talking, and Chip would just sit there and laugh. You know, he yeah. never knew what what he's gonna pull next on somebody. You oh know? yeah, and uh, Eddie Simmons would be over there. And, oh uh, yeah, Basil. 
Basil, Basil's always there. I, I spend a lot of time over there because I love Eddie Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, uh, Everybody loves Eddie Simmons. He's a uh, one of the purest people I know. You know, he's oh a good yeah. guy. Yeah, there's a little funny story about one night uh, Harper, I guess, and the Joy people know they rented a, a trailer out there on a campground or a lake or somewhere around there and invited us all all the pkc people out to eat supper with them mike was cooking was grilling you know Mm -hmm. so we drive out there and we get to the spot and somebody's again everybody got out you know we're walking and we walk right in this house and walk in there and walk back in the kitchen there's a guy sitting there at the table and his wife. And he said, well, how, hello, how are you doing? We said, we're <laughs> fine. You know, we're fine. How are you doing? Well, we're back and forth a little bit. Said, well, where's Mike? And he said, Mike, Mike who? <laughs> we got oh, in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, no. We walked, the whole gang, uh, there must have been six or eight of us, we walked right in these people's house. <laughs> oh, that, man, it was, it was, was a great time. My- Reminded me of a story that uh, Mary Kitty told me, you know, Tam notorious for going to sleep, you know. Oh, yeah. And Kitty's about as bad, to be honest with you. I think they had a hunt there at their home club, and uh, somehow Kitty wound up riding with Tam. Mm. And Tam was going to take him home. I think Barry was asleep. Tam was probably half asleep driving. But anyway, he pulled in a driveway and said, Home, Brother Kitty. Barry gets out and gets his light, unloads his dog, shuts the tailgate and said, Thank you, Senor. Started walking up the house. Tam was backing out and he had to run him down. It was at the wrong house. <laughs> Wasn't even Barry. <laughs> but, you know, oh, man. He, he drove all over uh, McNary County. <laughs> Boy, you know what? That brings up a subject that we I probably ought to address sometime about driving sleepy. It's a wonder, and you got to say they're special angels for coon hunters. Yes, because as many nights as we've drove as sleepy as we could be, especially right at daylight, trying to get in and get in off a late round or something, and uh, man. I tell you, I, I've slapped myself in the face. I've hung my head out the window. I've done all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. And, and I would tell young people today, do not do that. I won't now. If I get tired, I'll find some place to pull over. Yeah. Under a yard light or something. And I've, uh, I've done but, you know, I like the Russ Meyer hunt, the last night of it, I've been up there for a week. Turkey hunting with Josh McCainless and then hunted three mm-hmm. nights up there, hunted the late round two nights in a row. Got the truck and drove all the way home, ten and a half hours. You know, Ooh. that's mm. crazy. Yeah, yeah, we do I, stuff like that. And all yeah. it just takes is a split second, you know, for us to doze off and uh, and uh, But you know, I had a I had a pocket full of money in my in my hip to pad my pad me all the way home. That kind of kept <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you, yeah, that, that, was, that was burning a hole in your pocket. You, <laughs> yeah. But you know, getting back to what I first started all this conversation with Roy Trammell, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I didn't, I don't get into nobody's business about that. I don't know what kind of relationship you had with Roy when y'all. Oh, it was nothing but the best. Always got on great with Roy. You don't have to say anything because it's it's not my business. I, I have my own personal opinion of Roy. I think uh, he was the godfather of PKC. He built it. It was his. It was his dream, and he he worked at it day and night. I don't know how the man stayed sane with all the phone calls, and and, uh, and but he held it. You know that old that old notebook he had up there at the World Hunt. You know you you didn't draw you didn't draw your judge. Your judge was assigned to you. Yeah. And you know the first couple of years I was just whoever I got. Then after he learned to trust me, it was every night. Uh, Junior Jackson, Frankie Dukes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, Roy. I, I need. Can you give me? You know, can I get a break? He said, "No," <laughs> because you can get along with. Them. They like you, and they, you know, and we don't have no problems. Oh, he would have made a great psychologist. Yeah, he he uh, he, he was. Uh, uh, or anthropologist or whatever. Yeah. He was a people person for sure. Everybody, he, he was, everybody he was a liked Roy. He, I, you know, he, he was a motivator, man. He, you know, somebody to do the late round, and he done been there a week, and you tired and wet, and sore. Uh, he get that low voice, you know. You, yeah. Okay, Mister Roy. Oh yeah. I always when he'd come up to me, he'd always put his hand up on your shoulder and go to massaging you a little bit with that right yeah. hand there, you know, and you knew <laughs> like that Rusty Jones said, you know, is it, it you didn't need a weather vane to see which way the wind was blowing, you were going uh, hunting, you know. <laughs> you know, he uh if he called you up to that room upstairs, it, it wasn't good. That's right. I got I got called up there one time, but after we left there, he went back and got the handler, and he got barred. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a different story, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, we mentioned that, and Rusty said he didn't know anything about that place, and I said, "Well, you you probably didn't have any pro any reason to be up there." Is <laughs> <laughs> why you didn't know about it, you know. But yeah, I, what a I, yeah, great guy. I'd heard I admired that man as much. Uh, it was all by the book, you know. He, he, I don't know. Hard to find words. I, I miss. I miss talking to him. You know. Well, there were little things that he would say, and uh, yeah, you guys, there'd be a question or something, and and the panel would rule on it, and they'd still be kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On at each other a little bit about it or something, you know, this or that. And Roy'd say, "Boys, y'all just need to go coon hunting." Yeah, and he'd just kind of walk them to the door, <laughs> and, yeah. and walk yeah. them right out into the night and come back in. And I mean, he he yeah. just de uh, defused so many situations that way by his demeanor, and I didn't get to expect. Uh, uh, experience it myself, but they said he back in the day he was a heck of a judge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was a standard we all had to live up to, you know. And I tried, you know. 
uh, I took a lot of pride in judging. I enjoyed it. And uh, it brought faith in me, kept me going, when, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yeah, we used I, to talk a lot about that, about judging, you know. And, and uh, we would say, you know, Roy, we're using these same judges every every hunt, and these dogs are never drawing each other, and we're not training some of these younger guys. And yeah. that was a thing that Roy he but he he wanted to have a guy in charge of that cast that he felt could handle it, just right. what you alluded to, you know. Right, and it was kind of a catch twenty two for him because he was the guy that handled the hunt, really. Right. You know, I mean, I, I had my job when I was there. I was seven there seven years when Larry hired me. He just wanted me to kind of be his right arm there to help him with whatever he needed. And yeah. Roy had the hunt, and Roger Dill had the numbers, and, right. Uh, and you know, and did the ads and all that kind of stuff, and we had a good team. We really did, yes, and I really enjoyed it. It was a very enjoyable time for me, and I did get to you know work close with Roy and get to know those people. And, uh, and yeah. you know, of course, I'm not married to the woman that I was married to at the time that I right. was at PKC, but he was always so good to her, and right. and you know, and she respected him and. Uh, and um, really, yeah, it's not a, nothing that we could say uh, would even be the tip of no. the iceberg when it comes to no. Roy's value to PKC over the years. Any Anybody that never got to experience the tennis center in the last week of October, just missed something, you know? Absolutely. I've never Tell been about- tireder in my life. But I've never yeah. had better times either. Right. You know. You mentioned panels, and I, I've mm. sit on a bunch of them. But I, t- I want to tell you something about a panel. Ronnie Bone. Okay. I enjoyed sitting on panel with Ronnie Bone more than any <laughs> panel duty was always a chore, unless yeah. you had Bone, because Bone was going to sort through it in a hurry. Mm-hmm. He could look. He could look in a guy's eyes <laughs> and tell if he's lying. Yeah, yeah. And when we go back over there to huddle, he say that guy's lying and that guy's lying, and this is the way. I said, "Well, that's kind of the way I thought." He said, "That guy's lying. He he yeah. could he could he could smell one out. <laughs> yeah. That guy. Yeah, he's a special he's a special kind of cat. I can tell you." He, <laughs> Well, when I came aboard there is when we started doing the appeals. And, you know, when there was a panel there, we kind of wanted a staffer to be there just standing around listening to see what was going on. Not, you know, to prejudge the thing. Of course, there would be an appeals panel, too. But just to be able to go to that appeals panel and say, this is what Ricky Hawkins said to that panel. And this is right. what Ronnie Bone said to that panel. And this, you know, in case it's changing the story, that's not what he told the panel, you know. Right. That sort of thing. And it kind of gave us a way not to influence the decision, but to, to say, you know, paint a clearer picture of what that panel had been 
told. Yeah. You know? Larry Meeks, when I had him on the podcast, he laughed about being uh, sitting on a panel and back before he bought PKC. And uh, a guy had uh, won the question and and was over there playing cards, and Larry walked up behind them. They were playing. The guy didn't know he was there, and he was laughing. He said, well, they bought that story, you know. And he said, I learned a lesson right there, you know. Yeah. That they don't yeah. they don't always tell you the truth, you know. No, I had that to happen to me at the Superstakes final, I judge, but I won't call names and stuff, but uh, they, that, that was a bump deal. That, you know, Steve, people shy away from the word cheat, uh, but it's it's reality. There 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 has been cheating. There, there's there's a lot of jealousy in this sport, like like any other competition. Yeah, and you know there's there's been I've heard the stories of the Purina race where they were drugging dogs and stuff like that, uh, and they're and they're true. You know it. There were some individuals that did stuff like that. But, you know, oh, yeah. no use, and no just use. about anything that mine can conceive has been tried, you know, in this sport sure. over the years. But it's been sure. by a very few people, not a great no, number it's not, of people. No. But, uh, but one thing, and I don't want to interrupt you, but, you know, I came from the Master of Hounds system. And when right. I came to PKC and saw the panel system work, and I said, man, this is the way to go mm-hmm. right here. It's a better way than just yeah. one guy. And I, you know, I had to learn. I had, It's kind of like going to <clears throat> breaking into night hunting. And, and he said, how, the guy said, how, I don't really know the rules of this and that. And he said, just, you know, just go and get you a few of those $30 lessons, you know, right. and you'll figure it out. Well, that was kind of the way I was when I became a master of hounds for UKC in a field rep. And, okay. all, you know, I just had, I was the guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, yeah. I've i had four of them breathing fire standing in front of my desk. Right. You know? And uh, just have to say, boys, that's the way it is. That's my decision, and uh, I'm not going to vacillate on it, you know. But, well, you but know, I like the PKC system. I really did. I do, too, because the, the master of hounds deal, like, you know, when I first started, I was there was a UKC hunt every weekend within 50 miles of here. Then, and yeah. we we, but you know, these master of hounds, it was on one man's decision, and he had a friend that had a question. You pretty much <laughs> know where it's going to go. Human nature being what it is, right? Right. Know, yeah. You know, it's like I used to when I first started. You know, the bench shows were pretty big. I mean, mm, oh you yeah. go those, everybody. The judges that were around, everybody already knew who was going to win before the bench show ever started. Whatever breed he liked, that's what was going to win the show. So you were just mm. winning. You know, that's. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of young hunters coming aboard and uh, and uh, wish there were more. And yeah. we don't want to paint a picture to those no. young guys. But <laughs> also, yeah. you know, I. When, uh, you know, Chris Powell and I started that Houndsman XP podcast, and after I left and all, he came along with the one you mentioned, Josh Michaelis, and they called right. it The Truth, uh, right. you know, about coon hunting. And and I know they try to uh, to uh, get as close as they can, 
But you can't tell the absolute truth about the sport without including the bad along with the good. You know, I mean, it, it's all there. And it's it, life. It's, it's life. It is. But, life, it's a, I mean, but isn't it a great sport to be involved in? Sure it is. You know? I, you know, the best friends I've made in, in my life were coon hunters. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw shade on it or anything. It's a, oh, it's no. a great a great sport, but you know, there's bad apples in every car. Yeah, you just, well, you know, it that's the toughest thing for me sometimes. I see things on Facebook and guys will post things about this dog or that dog, and I'll know from my experience uh what happened and how that dog got to the place that he was and yeah. uh, this person or whatever. And but it serves no purpose for me to go on and say, "Well, I could tell you this, or I could tell you that." Yeah, uh, you know it, that doesn't help. I mean, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. And so, uh, so you do having been worked for three registries, I've seen the good and the bad and, and the ugly. Right. You know, but I'll tell More you good. this: the good far, far yeah. outweighs the bad. And, What's that? And I know you feel this way, Ricky, but just me being able to get together with friends right. all over the country, right. turn an old dog loose, sit on yeah. a tailgate, or go out there and lean up against a tree and t- talk just like we have here for yeah. the last almost an, uh, two hours now. We've got an hour and 50 yeah. minutes in. But, you uh, know, that's, uh, I know things about my little old dog they brag on. <laughs> I don't I say, let it grow off your back because you know, and you know, back when they were, when they won, you'd say, shake your head and say, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? But you know, it happens. Yeah. Everything has his day, you know, it's yeah. like the truck hunts. I've, I've judged and hunted in, I don't know, the first 10 or 12, I don't know. Hmm. One, one of them, but I, I was judging the first one they ever had. One Zeb won it. But it seemed like there was always one dog. It was his designated weekend to win. Yeah, it just seemed like nothing could go wrong. And like when I won it, I was just up there to have a good time. I was just proud to be there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I squalled a coon out of a nest for a guy. I didn't even have a dog on a tree. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what are you doing? I said, I'm just, yeah, I'm just having a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it it works out, but. Well, and Mr. Roy, you know, God love him, and he's gone on to his reward. But uh, he used to always say, boys, don't just vote what helps you. You know, vote what's right. And if that dog did a good job and tree that coon, do everything you can to get let that dog get credit for treeing that coon. He He believed that, and that's what he talked about. You know, to yeah. people and and between ourselves, you know, when we talked and all, his heart was in the right place. Yeah, he he gave me that speech. You know, it was it was on back there about making sure a dog gets credit for what he's done. We were at the nationals at the uh, Fulton, Mississippi. They had him, yeah. And I I swam over and scored two dogs and brought them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny Taylor was on that cast. Yeah. He just, he just shook his head. He's, 
Well, they went in and told Roy. Boy, I got a speech over that. <laughs> First thing he said was, shook his head, and said, no more swimming. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want I you said, to drown. He told, I said, you told me to give a dog what he, he said, I don't, I didn't mean swimming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. He didn't I want to lose a, a good judge and a good yeah, friend. Drive, sure, but uh, I think I got as close as anybody else ever did, so. And well, I, I I know he had a lot of respect for you, Ricky, and uh, yeah. Well, it's just great that we have the memories of these people, um, sure. you know, and uh, uh, and I wouldn't take anything for the memories that I have. People no. kid me about my stories, you know. I have a story for everything. It seems like, but those are all memories of good you know, times that I've had, you know. You know, something stick in your mind, you know, uh, at Mayfield over there. Uh, what was that little female that wanted Frankie Dukes wanted with her? Uh, oh. anyway, I can't remember her name. But anyway, I judged him on Friday night, the semifinals, and she freed six singles off of herself. And the other dogs freed one. That was the most impressive uh, display of coon tree, and I've you know, dominating the cast I've ever seen. Wind was blowing; it was cold. That that little heifer was tree and coon. I mean, but I saw Frankie later on over Aurora do something I've never seen before. He treated Dan, the same little female, treated Dan, and the hole was only up there about ten or twelve feet. He pulled out a handful of pennies and started uh, warm around his mouth, getting slobber on them, spit on them, and throwing them over in that in that hole and squalled that coon out of there. <laughs> I never thought of that. He did it. I saw it. He said that saliva with that copper would make that coon would bite him when they'd come down there and he'd get bitter in his mouth. He squalled that coon out of there. The female you're talking about was Half Pint Patty. Half Pint Patty. Yep. Frankie died last year, didn't he? Yeah, I think I did see that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. Well, Ricky, I tell you what, pard, <laughs> to use your term, for, I won't call you senor. <laughs> It's been a great visit, buddy, and we need to get back on this thing and talk about judging and doing some of the things because you have got a world of experience. You know, Ricky, here's the way I feel about this. Um, You know, what I I would – there's never a day goes by that I don't think of something that I'd like to ask my dad. My dad died in 2006. He was 88 years old. He was a guy that was always teaching me something. If we were in the woods, he was telling me what that tree is over there or what that, you know. And if we don't, you know, talk to these people, how much would I love to right now or you and me sit down and talk to Roy, you know, and let have him tell us some of those stories back in the early days of PKC when he was judging some of those 16 dog hunts, you know, and 
and, yeah. and all of that. I mean, it's a treasure. And that's yeah. one of the things about these podcasts is we get to record this stuff for, as they say, for posterity. We can, you know, it'll it'll always be around now. And maybe someday yeah. your kids will want to, you know, listen to it or your grandkids. Hey, or you know, like you just said, Steve, uh, like to talk to them one more time, you know. Yeah. I just lost a cousin two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Taught me how to make bacon. Yeah. That's something that'll, I'll have. I, I want to pass it to somebody else. Sure. Sure. He passed that to me, and he's 85, died of a heart attack. But I tell you, he would have passed for 65. He was, a mm-hmm. Very, mm-hmm. He was still, uh, still lived a lot of life, you know. Sure. Good well, guy. You would have liked well, Rick, this is not goodbye. This is just so long till the next time we okay. can get it together and talk. Okay. Uh, did we burn the bacon or the sausage? No, it, I got it on slow. It's going to take about six hours. I got you. What do you, you got at about two twenty-five? No, this uh, this wild hog, this pork uh, summer sausage, especially the wild hog. Yeah, you got to go real slow, or you. Your fat will just run out the bottom of the casing. I see. I, I got you got to let it kind of render in the, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I run it about 160 for. Okay. Because I only got nine sticks in there, so I, it won't take me about five hours. But if I fill it all the way up, it takes nine or ten. Now, do you use like charcoal and then put your your hickory chips or, nope. or chunks? I got there? a. I got a my firebox sits out back, and I got a gas burner in there. Oh, okay. And I put a pan over the burner and put uh, hickory chips on top of it. I got you. And then I replenish it about every two hours. Yeah. Well, uh, I've got a little smoker here at the house. It's got about six yeah. racks in it. It's got a little side box mm-hmm. on it. And yeah. I use charcoal in it and then just wood chunks, you know. And yeah. and I enjoy it. I'm, I'm not at the level you are for sure, but I can do a yeah. – Pork shoulder or a, or a rack of ribs yeah. or something, you know, and it's and enjoy my, it. My biggest thing during deer season is uh, deer summer sausage, jalapeno cheese. I, I think mm. I made three tons last year. <laughs> three tons. Yeah, that's I, awesome. That's awesome. But uh, I enjoy it. It you know it, it wears you out sometimes. This time I'm just kind of playing around. You, when you try this wild, because I don't make it out of a boar hog. I don't. I, we throw those away. A, a bar or a sow. Mm-hmm. You try some of this wild hog bacon this fall. You'll be back at my house again. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be sending the check. Ricky, send me more. <laughs> Actually, you know, I can probably ship that to you because it's not considered a game animal. You can't do deer, but I can do a hog. You know. Did you know Ross? that worked with PKC Bagwell, I think it was his name yeah, from PKC. Yeah. He used yeah. to bring us and and the guys on the staff a whole hickory smoked country ham. Yeah. Sliced and mm-hmm. in a box and wrapped, you know, with with uh, uh cellophane or you know, wrap yeah. saran wrap or whatever, chiropractic, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, Benton County molasses, mm. 
every year. Now, what a great guy he was. Now, he was involved with PKC, uh, I guess, in the early days, maybe like a a Roy Tramble-type job or something early on, I think. Well, I think he judged a lot of the finals and stuff, too. Okay. Back in PCA days, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I saw where he passed, you know, uh, a year or two ago, I think. Yeah, there's been a lot of things. You know, Ronnie Nickens gone. Yeah, Ronnie uh, won the last World Hunt that I uh, when I yeah. with the yeah, What's I'm, Up Doc dog when I, I was, left yeah, that's, PKC. Yeah. That's the cast I was in. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. anyway, Ricky, I, I've never cured hams. Uh, I, I'm star. Want to get into it, but. I don't know. Mm. It's I don't know. I do bacon and the summer sausage and all this other yeah. smoke sausage. So I that's another I thing my dad would have wanted to talk to you about because he told me so many times when I was a kid about how you know they always hickory smoked their meat. They had a smokehouse. My grandmother had a smokehouse there on the farm. I've been in there many a time and see those right. hams and bacon and and yeah. sa- bags of sausage. You know. Uh, smoking over that hickory, and they used a little sassafras in it. Uh, yeah, green, you know. But uh, he said you got to put that ham in that salt box for twenty one right. days. Twenty one days, not that's... twenty days, not twenty two. Twenty one days. Yeah, that's like this bacon. I my cousin said eight days, not seven <laughs> days, not nine days, eight days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they but, uh, were specific about it for sure. Yeah, the hams, I you know, you you got to be supposed to inject into the artery and get that salt around the bone. I just, I don't, I don't think I want to get into that. I, I got too much other stuff going on. I got on. you. I got you. I'll well, just stick with the bacon. Well, I'm going to look forward to that bacon uh, this fall, yes, and I'm going to look forward to our next uh, visit, Ricky. And want to wish you the best, buddy, and want to thank you for coming on the podcast and. It's been a great, uh, great time catching up with sure. you. And, and, Steve, uh, I, if you want to, anytime you want to finish this, I, I ain't got a whole lot going on right now. I'm just recovering from sure this hip deal, and uh, I am going to drive 18 with her hauling corn during the harvest in about three weeks. But that's it's, it's going to be three weeks before we start cutting corn here. I see. I see. And I always help this farmer during the harvest, and I, I'm going to be able to again this year. Yeah. Thank God. So uh, we can finish this anytime. All you right. Want to. Well, we still got a lot to talk about, buddy. Sure. <laughs> but I'm any time is good for you. Just let me know. Okay, Rick. I'll do that. And you have a good evening. And uh, folks, that's uh, Ricky Hawkins from the great state of Arkansas, longtime friend and uh, uh, a coon hunter uh, among coon hunters, and just so good to visit with him. Folks, like I end every podcast, uh, kind of little play on words to the name of this podcast. If anybody asks you where I am, you just tell them I've gone to the dogs. (laughs) 